Ruby Jones, and I am super excited about my guest today. He's a comedy legend, and his work <laughs> and influence changed the game. You know, it changed the game for Black comedy and in some really amazing ways. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Guy Tori, thank you <laughs> so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It's always weird hearing legend and my name in the same <laughs> sentence, because when I think of legends, I think of you know, my brother Joe, I think of, you know, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock and Chappelle and all those guys who came and women who came before me, you know, Whoopi and Moms Mabley and, you know, they can't, Adele Gibbons, they came before me. So it's like, I look at them as legends and put me in the same sentence. It's kind of weird, but thank you. That's so interesting that it's weird to you and you're welcome. I mean, it absolutely applies. And for you, you know, you might think of that set of comedians and those legends, but when you think about the generation who you impacted, like you, you're you're like the godfather of comedy. I prefer servant, oh. uh, but uh, oh. but as someone, a good friend of mine, Jay Harris, ESPN um, analyst. Uh, called me the Martin Luther King of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> having a vision, having yeah. a dream, you know. And you made your dream come true. And, you know, in the process of doing that, you you help people's whole careers take off. I mean, some of our favorite comedians, Virginia King, uh, Chris Tucker, Nick Cannon, like these are all people who look to you as like that foundation. And, and that's amazing, so. Well, yeah, Regina, <laughs> Regina King is is didn't do stand up, but she could have because she's so talented. She's worked with so many stand up comedians and held her own, you mm -hmm. know, against all of them, with all of them, and scenes with all of them. And she could have she could have done stand up because she's raw, she's real, she's funny, and uh, you know that's like my sister. But yeah. the other comedians, man, they definitely used Fat Tuesdays as a stop on the way where they were going to be anyway. Uh, I think if if you look at their talent. It's undeniable. And they would have eventually gotten there with or without Fat Tuesdays. I think what Fat Tuesdays did was maybe provide a carpool lane, you know, mm. to their destination uh, on their journey where they were going to reach anyway. Well, you know, it's interesting lately. I've been thinking a lot about community. And, you know, while Regina didn't do stand up, just being in that environment, I think for a lot of comedians, um, past and present, being in the environment of other greats and other people who are like making their dreams come true, that's so influential. She loves comedy. She would always be at Fat Tuesday. She was, if I'm, I have a show on the road, she would come to the show. She's in the area. So she's, she definitely, I'm sure probably, you know, by being around comedians and being in comedy clubs, when it comes to her comedic chops, I'm sure she's been inspired by every comedian she's seen or worked with or, or been friends with. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that, um, you know, and when I watched Fat Tuesdays, when I watched the docuseries, I was just blown away by all the great things that everybody has to say about you. And so when, when you're speaking highly of them, I'm sure it just feels so good because, you know, you brought everybody together and your name was associated with this movement. Um, so, you know, and now you said you're, you're touring year round. Where right. are you right now? I am in, uh, <laughs> that's funny, I'm in Naples, Florida right now, Naples, uh, about Florida. two hours outside of Miami doing a show. It's rare when I do a show midweek on the road. In LA, mm -hmm. of course, you always perform, you know, six, seven days a week, but on the road, you, 
You normally don't do a Tuesday, Wednesday, but because, you know, uh, people have been really flocking to the shows. And uh, so the demand is there, thank God. And uh, I'm able to do a split week, which is like do, you know, a, 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 a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then come to Denver and do a Friday, Saturday. So I love it. I'm yeah, working on my you're... special and, uh, you know, I love it. Okay, okay. So yeah, you're closing your week out in, in Denver. And before we even jump into all the questions, I wanted to ask you, what is your connection to Colorado? Because I always see your name on the marquee. Now, admittedly, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I've not seen your show. I'm going to make up for that this weekend. But do you have family and friends out here? Do you just love us? Or is this an improv circuit? kind of? Thing? It's an improv circuit. It's, it's one of the clubs that uh, been loyal to me and faithful to me uh, over the years. I, I like being faithful to Denver, you know, the improv chain, the whole improv chain. And uh, it's just, it's a good way to to test your material out. You know, Denver is an interesting city. My audiences are diverse. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the laughs don't come easy. You got to work for them. That's what I love. Mm. And I'm coming up there to, you know, dirty it up a little bit, you know. You, you all are riding high right now anyway with <laughs> your new quarterback situation. Oh, Russell yeah, Wilson. Russell Wilson, so, yes. You know, Russell, come out to the show. Have a good time. Relax. See, see Denver, you know. Uh, it's not Seattle, but, you know, <laughs> hey. That's a great okay. way to get introduced to, to the Mile High City. Now, I'm a exactly. Green Bay Packer fan, and I have been my whole life. But Ooh, Rams but, right here. Rams right here. <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl champions. Okay, okay, congratulations. Now, you talked about how people are flocking to uh, the comedy shows, and I know that with the pandemic, like, we were all, I know, for me, comedy shows were, like, my number one thing that I missed. Um, so... How does it feel to be back on the stage? Like, do you feel like you're back at home? It feels good. When I was when I was out, I didn't miss it. Mm. I didn't miss mm. it at all because I needed that break. My body needed that break from the traveling. My mm. body needed that break from all the drinking. My body needed that break from all the fast food. My body needed that break from the stress of just having to to to, to do the shows. So mm. I needed it. Plus, it, it allowed me time to work on the documentary. I did finish up a lot of research. I've been doing research for years, but that block of time, that chunk of time, really allowed me to to focus on 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 the work. So when, by the time we got to production, Reggie Hudlin was like, "Man, I've never been on a project that's that's been this well prepared, wow. you know, before I got there." So wow. you know, it, it was all the hard work that I made myself put in. I made a contract with myself to like you know, put in the work, get the work done, and 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 do it from from the heart. When you do something from the heart. And you put the work in, God gonna meet you there. Trust mm. and believe that. Mm, that's powerful. And you know, you've said that the pandemic helped change your life. Yeah. So the fact that you didn't really miss it when you were out, how do you plan on kind of implementing wellness into what you're doing or making changes so that it's a, a healthier environment, an easier environment now that you're back at it? Force myself to work out. You know, I'm a big fan of, uh, of, of, you know, Kobe Bryant, the mamba, and he had that mama mentality and, oh, yeah. you know, with his health regimen. And I, I want to follow that whole thing uh, before I get man boobs. I don't want man boobs. <laughs> so I start to see my chest already starting to sag a little bit and the gut. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, get the push-ups going, get the sit-ups going, get the gym going, get the cardio going, get the boxing going and, and uh, you know, be around for a little longer. Yeah. Well, good, good. I mean, you look good. 
you look healthy. You're still aging like Pharrell, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pharrell reminds me of, uh, I don't know if, uh, if you remember this, but in the TV guides back in the day when they had TV guides, there used to be this drawing contest called Draw Tippy. And it was a little turtle with a hat on his head. And you had to draw him and you could win $500. That's what Pharrell looks like to me. But he's, oh he's an goodness. amazing artist and he is aging backwards. He is. He is. I Draw showed my Tippy daughter. Is what it was. Draw Tippy. I Draw showed my Tippy. daughter a picture of Pharrell from like the 1400s and she thought it was just hilarious. And she yeah. said the same about you. She was like, he, he looks so young. <laughs> it's it's um, all the tequila I drink. No. <laughs> it's the laughter. It's the laughter and the, and the jeans. My mom has good jeans. So yeah. I get the jeans from my mom. Okay. Okay. So, all right. I just finished your docuseries. Fat Tuesdays, the era of hip hop comedy. And after watching, I just have so much respect for your career. Uh, for those who don't know your story, you started the Fat Tuesday Comedy Showcase in Hollywood in the 1990s. Um, and it exploded into one of the most iconic black comedy showcases of all time. Um, so you've been working on this production for a while and now that yeah. it's done, how does it feel to know that you created such a powerful legacy? And when you look at these comedians who are talking about your influence and your impact in the game, how does that feel? Well, you know, it, it, I worked on it for 13 years total, nine years underground. It wasn't until about three or four years ago, I took it to my agent's office, an innovative artist, and was like, hey, you know, uh, I've been working on this project. And they were like, you've been sitting on this? Mm -hmm. And we started taking it out. And I didn't realize the impact of Fat Tuesdays until I actually started working on the documentary. You know, it's Michael Blackson who, who planted the seed years ago, 13 years ago. We were on a flight together going to shows, separate shows. And he's like, hey man, I miss Fat Tuesdays. Um, these young comics need to know uh, what Fat Tuesdays was and what it meant. And mm -hmm. that's when the seed was planted to, to tell this story. And uh, I started looking at, you know, what footage I had, you know, breaking open the archives, see what, materials I had on this night. Then I started interviewing people. You know, I had a, there was a friend of mine who was a young up and coming director, Bishop Moore, who oh, I grabbed to come film a lot of the interviews to put together for the sizzle. And, and uh, that was instrumental in, in, in shopping it. And then once we got into production, you know, Reggie Hudson brought his team in, an amazing team of, of, of uh, you know, cinematographers, directors and, and crew and editors and, story uh, showrunners and story editors. And, and we know this amazing piece came together. It definitely takes a village. Mm -hmm. And, and a village did definitely raise this production. And everybody who was a part of it was, was definitely important. It was so much fun to watch. It was so much fun to watch, you know? And it made me wish that I had been at Fat Tuesdays in that time. <laughs> I know, you know, the, the interviews with people who worked there and everything who were yeah. recalling some of the fun, like it just sounds so amazing. Um, and, yeah. you know, I appreciate it. Obviously, like some of the people who were uh, noticed and kind of um, what discovered on stage there, mm -hmm. that's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, I have to ask you, Who's your favorite comedian of all time? And who is Me. your favorite new school comedian? You, okay. Me, right, I'm my favorite fair. comedian of all time, period. That's who, fair. Who else would I say? <laughs> <laughs> but I have some favorites. I do have a, a comedy Mount Rushmore, but it's more than four. You know, uh -huh. my brother, of course, who inspired me to do stand-up Joe Torrey and, and Def Comedy Jam, you know, 
Martin Lawrence, Eddie Griffin, Bernie Mac, Cedric the Entertainer. I mean, all those are my favorites. Uh, Chappelle. I mean, let's go on and on. Dell Givens, Yvette Wilson, Willie Goldberg, Miles Mabley. I can go on and Lenny Bruce. <laughs> you know, um, my man, uh, George Carlin. I mean, Bill Cosby. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Bill Cosby on the stage. Off the stage, uh, I don't really rock with Bill like that. Yeah. But on stage, he's still one of the greatest storytellers and stand-up of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, he was accused of what he was accused of and it tarnished his legacy, uh, but stand up alone, he was, he was, Bill Cosby was a beast. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it's interesting because comedy is so special. You know, you all get on stage and you really, like, it's like you go straight to our hearts because you make us laugh, right? So it doesn't matter what we're going through, we could be having the worst time. And then you and your peers will get on stage and just change the entire day. So separating, you know, your stage presence and that uh, comedic career and then the personal, that might be kind of hard for people, but I, I do agree, you know, and your list is a power list, of course. Now you mentioned your brother um, right under you. You were the first and then right, you right. your brother's second favorite. Well, he's, he's, he's in no particular order after me. <laughs> they, I all, I've been influenced by all, all of those comedians I named. Yeah, yeah. How is Joe doing? Joe's Joe. Joe's good. Joe's, uh, you know, we keep in contact every once in a while. Good. We, uh, well, we don't have the greatest yeah. relationship. I'm, I'm not uh, shy about that. Um, yeah. You know, families fight. I'm, we're not the first brother and sister or brother and brother and brother, whatever, to fight. Uh, and to have disagreements. When you have two alpha males, or strong in who they are, there's gonna be some butting of the heads, especially if one is older, then the older one is always trying to, you know, uh, you know, uh, son the, the younger one. You know, and I was gonna so, say be careful you know, now, because I'm the oldest. So you probably do that to your younger siblings. <laughs> you probably you have you probably have to remind yourself that you're the you're the older sister. And you know, I have I have three older uh, siblings, oh, four with Joe. But they don't do well. I take that back. I have a sister, Roberta, who does that too. But my two other siblings, they don't. They don't do that at all. It's like you know, we're, we're grown ups. We we know we're the younger siblings, so we don't really have to. You don't have to remind us that you know that you are the older sibling, especially when I'm the wisest of the whole family. Oh wow! Wow. And the funniest of the whole family. Oh wow. Well, I, you know, I'm going to take that into consideration for myself. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to check myself when it comes to my siblings, whom I love so much. Now, you you were one of I love children. my siblings as well. We, we, oh, we, yeah. we all, you know, the thing about it is uh, with us is our parents raised us to be independent. Mm -hmm. And we're all independent. And we're all basically alpha males and alpha mm -hmm. females, you know, A, a personalities alone. And, and, you know, it takes a person to be able to dial it back. It takes a man. And, and, and a strong woman to be able to dial it back when you need to, we have other alphas in the room, you mm -hmm. know? And, and, and it's about balance, you know? And, and, and some of my siblings, maybe one, ha haven't, <laughs> haven't learned that balance uh -oh. of, of, of knowing when to like, okay, dial it back or when to, you know, dial it up. Can't just can't be up all the time. We, now, if you're the only alpha in the room, cool. Can be dial it up all the time, but when you, you gotta recognize you know, chiefs recognize chiefs and generals recognize other generals. It's okay to be on top, but you want other kings and generals and chiefs around you. You don't want to be the only general. Yeah. You know, 
You yeah. want you want because because a general's mind and a chief's mind, they're great and great mm -hmm. in different you know aspects. So you want to be able to combine that with your greatness, and you all be great together. Teamwork makes the dream work, especially Absolutely. in a family. So with six kids, I mean, your mom was a teacher, your dad was a soldier. Yeah. I can imagine your household was pretty strict, and I want oh, to yeah. know. So were you like a young prankster, trickster, little? comedian child and you no. got in trouble or you played by the book the rules no it was joe that they got in all the trouble <laughs> joe was the one that got all the beatings i got a few you know <laughs> i'm not gonna lie and but joe got all them because joe was joe was mischievous joe was the one who had needed that attention mm. and it's, it's it's it hasn't changed um <laughs> he has to be the center of attention i don't have to be the center of attention all the time you know when i need to be i will when i don't need to be i'm good with letting someone else you know take the reins. And that's what it was in the house. Joe was a funny one. I, yeah. when I started doing stand up, my, they were surprised. Now my friends at school, they weren't cause I was that, you know, class clown, but yeah. at home I was quiet basically. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Joe was the one who got in all the, the mischievous stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's the Tory family. So, uh, you know, the other day I noticed that you made a post on Instagram and you were having a rough day. And it made me yeah. wonder, um, you know, for somebody who devotes so much energy to making other people laugh and uplifting other people, when you're feeling like that, how do you pull yourself out of that? And um, how, do you, how do you pull yourself out of a funk and just kind of like snap back into a positive or optimistic mindset? A nice cigar. Okay. <laughs> Okay. No, you know what? It's prayer. You know, it's funny because, you know, without me even, you know, trying to pull myself out of it, you know, you use prayer, but God sent, you know, a message my way. He knows exactly what you need, when you need it, and how you need it. And mm -hmm. I got a phone call from a friend who, from St. Louis as well, who's an actor, who saw the documentary and was just like, you know, raving about it. And it's just good to hear, um, someone that you look up to because they're an actor as well, you know, really give that, you know, reinforcement of why you're doing what you're doing. And, and, and my grief that day was directly linked to the documentary. You know, some people, everybody's not happy about the mm -hmm. document. Everybody, there's some people who didn't get it, didn't get to be in it for whatever reason, uh, who are a little bit disappointed. There's some people who worked on it, who felt like they were, you know, uh, left out or not acknowledged, but that was her own feelings because, you know, the, everyone was, was there's sometimes you work on a project and there's only so far people can go. Mm -hmm. And after that, their work is done and there's nothing else for them to do, but they still want to be connected and still want to be involved, but there's nothing for them to do. So they feel left out, but it's like, your job is done. Mm -hmm. What it's, it, it's a, how else, there's nothing for you to do. Other people need these jobs. So, right. so I was just having that 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 um that moment that day because of some people who were just disappointed in, uh, I guess they weren't acknowledged, you know, and they were just maybe not in the way they wanted to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So I had to uh, it it kind of it kind of made me sad a little bit because it's like the, the documentary is docu series is receiving so much love and so much um, inspiring so many people that a few people who are, or even if it's just one or two, still that that's gonna affect me. 
you know, it's because it's something I created, something I'm involved in. And if it made anyone feel less than, then, you know, whether it be their own feelings or not, that, that's not a good feeling. I, I can imagine. And so I also can imagine that that's not something that is new to you because in your role at Fat Tuesdays, you were bringing different people together and you had to make those calls and those selections and you right. know, so how do you balance all those energies when you are feeling bad like that? Do you go back and say, hey, look, you know, charge it to my head and not my heart. Like, we'll do something you know, else it, in the back end. It, it's funny. No, I mean, it, it won't be anything on the back end. Uh, <laughs> but, but, for some, yes. Uh -huh. uh, there's other projects that's going to be going on that I they will be included in. And some people are just, you know, they're, they're seasonal. Mm -hmm. I don't care how long you they've been in your life or been a part of you uh a, a part of your production or whatever there's a season and you got to realize when your season's up my season is up a lot sometimes in this industry and you got to mm -hmm. accept it and move on and, and and create another season you can't hang on to these old ass seasons all the time and hold other people responsible for uh what you don't have i i never point fingers i always put up mirrors and cut off fingers because if you're in the position that you're in it, it's nobody's fault but yours Mm -hmm. You can't blame anybody else. You allow certain people in your life. You allow certain things to happen, and it happens. And you know, put your big boy pants on and move the hell on. Mm -hmm. Oh, your big drawers on if you're a woman and move the hell on. So, you know, it, it's 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 sad that people want to who wants to be behind the scenes, but all of a sudden want to be in front of the scenes, and uh, it's sad. But you know, that's who they are. That's something that's 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 their own insecurities. I have mine. They have theirs. And, uh, you know, we got to keep it pushing. I got time to, you know, I don't, have, I don't have time to pull, keep pulling the weight of grown ass men and grown ass women. Sorry. Hey, that's real. That's real. And as you say that, that is one of the lessons that I can derive from Fat Tuesdays, the docuseries is that, you know, not only you, but several people, when they felt that their time was up or when something came along, it's not necessarily that you stepped down or stepped back, but you allowed others to follow in your footsteps, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, that time is different for everybody. So I hope all of that is resolved. So um, in general- if it, if, it, if it is, it is, it ain't, it ain't. I, got, I ain't got time to worry about it. I got to, I'm going to bigger and better things. And if they want to sit there and sulk and, and be upset, then that's on them. They're grown, they're grown ups, get yeah. over it. <laughs> Take it. So in general- Walk me out in a different way. <laughs> go to the streets. No, take it outside. We're not gonna go there. It's too early for that. <laughs> right. too early for that. <laughs> so, in general, would you say that you prefer St. Louis to Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, is it East St. Louis or St. Louis? St. Louis. Reggie oh. Hudlin is from East St. Louis. Okay. Director uh, of Fat Tuesdays, the air hip hop comedy. He's from East St. Louis. And you so don't that want was to mess a fun with them production. <laughs> right, that was a fun production. It was a great production. I mean, we really didn't fun. want it to stop. We really did not want it to stop. When, on the last day, it was sad because we, yeah. we, we, you know, you know, we had so much fun. And each, it's funny because this is, it's going to sound like, you know, I'm making this up. Or I'm saying this for the sake of, of, of production or whatever. But we would do an interview, and we we're like, wow, that was so good. Who, who's going to top that? And then somebody else would come in and they're just, just as good. And it kept building. It was, it was, it just kept building like that. Everybody interview. 
I probably had the weakest interviews of all of, of everybody. <laughs> but everybody else, I mean, just like, I mean, everybody hit a home run with the interview. There's some people who unfortunately didn't make the cut, mm-hmm. you know, because of time-wise or, or subject matter or whatever, that their interviews were just as great as well. And we wish we could have gotten more of them in it, more of their story in it, or just them in it at you know at all. So it it was it was it was it was dope. It was a dope production. The interviews were phenomenal. And you say you didn't want the production process to end. I didn't want to stop watching it. Like I need to oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> There's so much stuff that ended on the cutting room floor that yeah. we're trying to find a way to get that out because there's we so need many a, great a reel. origin stories. Well, yeah, you know, we got we got we got to talk to you know, the Amazon Studios peoples and see if they would, you know, like us to do that because there's so many origin stories that were so great mm. that we just couldn't fit in, you know, Lunell and Flame and JB Smooth and and Cedric and my brother Joe and and great origin stories and Steve Harvey, you know, ah, oh, these stories were amazing. Um, yeah. Atheon Crockett. I mean, they, these stories were just so great and we couldn't get them in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to what you uh, have coming next. Will mm. there be a return of Fat Tuesdays in any form or what, what's your vision for the future? Let's just say it's getting fatter. Bigger, badder, oh. fatter. Okay. It's going to be called probably Obese Tuesdays in a minute because it's going to be fat as <laughs> F-U-C. <laughs> I can't wait. That's super exciting. That's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of stuff. There's a, there, there, this, this was a springboard for so many things. My ultimate goal in this was to have this be so great that I'm able to tell other people's stories as well. Black mm-hmm. comedian stories aren't told enough. And mm-hmm. I want to be that guy to tell our stories. It's amazing stories by Black comedians and comedians that... Uh, that really need to be heard, that can be inspiring to others. They inspire me, this documentary inspired them. And that's what we're supposed to do is be servants and serve and inspire and, and motivate. You know, that's the key. Fat Tuesdays, the air hip hop comedy uh, on Amazon Prime. You heard them everyone, Fat Tuesdays. And if you're in Denver, come on out Friday, May, uh, I almost said May, Friday, March 25th and Saturday, yes. March 26th at the Denver Improv in Northfield. I can't wait to check out you your show. You better be there. Let me know. I'm gonna, you know tickets. what? And I'm gonna I, say I, this. I need tickets to both nights. Like, I, I need to come. I'm gonna say this. Even if you're not in Denver, make it to Denver, people. If you're not in Denver and you're seeing this, come to Denver and come, come to see Denver. the show. Denver's right? amazing. And yeah. buy right. tickets to Guy's Tour. Or when I come to your city, I'm in Atlanta coming next. I'm in West Nyack uh, coming up. I'm in Poughkeepsie coming up. I'm in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I'm in Philly on Easter Sunday with an amazing lineup. So, you know, go to my Instagram at Guy Tory, G-U-Y-T-O-R-R-Y, and you'll see, you know, my posts. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so, so much, Guy. And thank you for all of your contributions to the culture. Everyone take care.